action. Laurentinio's in front. The post is looming. The so's the Fagazi who died but misses. Laurentinio's got there. Descending on the outside. Bit in a hurry. Hit the lead. King's coat after. Bit in a hurry. Bit in a hurry. In front and one. Flying scraping paint. Too big. Fari moved up. Put the head in front late. Too big. Fari ran down. Great news. Leaders to go. Two lengths in front of Kelcarni Royale. Then a wall of horses, but it's all all banter. Won it well from Kelcarni Royale. G'day punters, welcome to the Sydney Review Show. It was a stinking hot day at Rose Hill. The racing was pretty good. Uh, in terms of the betting, there was a, there's a fair amount to touch on and a few performances I'm sure that we can find going forward. No Rob Scurry this morning, he's otherwise occupied, but we've got Mark Sheen and Mark Roden to join us to review the meeting. Mark Sheen, it would have been pretty stifling, I imagine, there. I just described to someone from the West what 42 degrees at Rose Hill feels like. Yeah, well, it wasn't too bad. Uh, it was still 42 degrees. I think yesterday was worse with the, the northwesterly with that wind. There wasn't as much wind on Saturday. And, in fact, a lot of horses didn't seem to sweat up all that much, uh, surprisingly. Um, I think there was, you know, the, a lower humidity than some of those hot days we get, and uh, the horses seemed to handle it okay. So we didn't see many horses go to pieces, actually, uh, throughout the program, which was good. I think uh, track-wise, it was fairly hard to make ground. I think you had to be up in the, the leading division. I don't think sitting three wide was much chopped throughout the day. Yeah, that's what it certainly looked like. Uh, Mark Roden, in terms of the the track overall, when you analyse a meeting like Saturdays, do you obviously bias those horses that were sitting on speed? But in terms of the overall ratings, they seem to be producing some pretty decent figures overall. Yeah, um, there's a couple that almost look too good to be true. Um, the 1100 metre races, the Starlight and the race that three would won, either the stalls are in the wrong spot or they're better than, a lot better than I thought they were, the uh, winners of those races. So I'm just trying to still get, trying to get my head around that, actually. It, it, compared to the races at other distances, they just look a bit too quick to me. Yep. Um, I generally um, distinguish the shoot races from the the outer circle races at Rose Hill anyway, but there's even a difference between the 1100 and 1200 looks <coughs> maybe iffy. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it was just a standard, like a real old fashioned Rose Hill up and off. Um, uh, fence in run wasn't a disaster, but I'd say up on the speed and running line was A1. All right, beauty. We're going to review races one and then races five through nine, but we'll start with the two year olds over the 1100, uh, Robo if that's how we're pronouncing it, uh, one on debut for O'Shea and Abdullah, defeating Sliders and Hunnan. Uh, Mark Shan, I'll start with you. Did you get any impression of any of these two-year-olds? They've gone slow for the class, 2.2 length slow to the 600. Yeah, pretty slow time, um, 64.9, I think I got them. Um, so, yeah, look, I think these will only turn out to be midweekers. Uh, really good money again for Hunnam who uh, blinkers on, but uh, he was a bit very toey in the yard and uh, over-raced uh, all the way and checking off heels. So um, maybe he's a bit of a head case at the moment and might need the ultimate operation. <laughs> uh, the winner had a beautiful run on the fence all the way and just stuck to its guns there. Um, trialled okay without doing anything flash, but just, just did get a charm run here. Sliders was game. She's dead set knee-high to a grasshopper, so... Um, she'd have to do a lot of growing. Um, I think, you know, she's probably going to get away with a couple of races, but uh, they'll catch up with her next season. She, she's very tiny. 
Um, can't see much else out of the race, really. Uh, El Palmy made a bit of ground from the back and, and sweated up a little bit, so it might improve with the run, but I don't think there's any superstars here. All right, very good intel there. Mark Roden, uh, two-year-old race, couple of first starters, no interest overall for yourself, but when you had a look at the race afterwards, was there anything that appealed? No, not really. I um, have to agree with Mark. The time suggests they're not much good. Um, interesting, those comments about sliders. I actually had a rating. I mean, she won at Newcastle over 900 and hasn't been able to hold that same figure out to 1,100. Suggests she mm. might be, you know, short course only as well. Uh, no, I don't, I don't have a huge amount to say about this lot. Uh, we've seen some high-rating two-year-olds uh, so far this uh, season, and these aren't amongst them. Okay, very good. Uh, look, we'll jump forward to race five. We'll just touch on race four just for a moment, just to point out that promotions, Mark Sheen, you took that horse on with the preview show, and again, it loomed to win and then stopped. So uh, <laughs> very good there. I'm sure it would have been trading very short there on the fair. Yeah, well, I was pretty lucky there. He did uh, rear at the start and, and didn't take up a position where he yeah. probably normally would, So, and he had to make too long a run. So uh, in his defence, I thought he went fairly good considering yeah. the start. Um, You're going to back him next start now? Definitely not. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a pot for the horse, as you know, and I'm glad that he did rear at the start on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, race five was over the 1,100 as well, uh, the benchmark 78. And as you pointed out, Mark Roden, uh, look, they have gone pretty quick here for the class and the punting form data, five and a half lengths fast to the 600, but three years basically sat off the course the entire way and recorded a, a very strong figure over, overall and seemingly won pretty easy there in the end, uh, defeating Rare Episode and Monte Ditto. Uh, we didn't discuss race five on the preview show. Mark Roden, did you have any thoughts on this race going into it? I liked Plaquette and I thought it would set up okay for her, but uh, I, I think that, well, you know, you can you can say the pattern was against her on the day, but she's run eighth and uh, the winner was back with her and ran straight past her early in the straight too. So Plaquette, even though possibly unsuited, has under, underperformed badly. Um, so I backed her and I saved on Rare Episode, who's put in a mighty run. They've gone on a really fast year yeah. and it's been right up on the speed all the way and only run down in the last 25 metres or so, but can't take anything away from the winner. It's been a super performance. Um, yeah, just would have been nice if Rare Episode could have held on. Um, um, probably probably decent form race, I think. Um, Monty Ditto's run third. He's super honest. Um, they seem to run him at Canterbury a lot for some reason, which is totally not his track, I think. Um, but, you know, what are they, 78s? I think a pretty reasonable 78, we could call this. Yep. I tend to agree with that in terms of just on the, the raw data by itself. Uh, Mark Sheen, Plaquette and Lady Banff, uh, the two horses in the market, have really uh, failed to flatter here, and all three of the place getters, in fact, the first four across the line, were at big odds. Are you taking much out of this event? Look, uh, Three Ood had trolled very well at Warwick Farm going into this. Uh, she did map poorly with me. I threw a peanut on her when she got out to around $16. I was on Plaquette, and here's another case of a of a favourite rearing in the barrier, being taken out and vetted and virtually not passing a runner. It seems to be the usual occurrence. If they're vetted, um, they don't perform, do they? It's, oh, yeah. uh, I'd, lo I'd love a figure on it because yes. they hardly ever seem to win. Maybe they get, just get stirred up these mares and just don't want to race on the day. As I said, the winner had trolled particularly well, but uh, I think everyone would, would have mapped her in a bad spot. Well, certainly the winner of the day, though, she sat wide 
all the other uh, 1100 meter races or the two others were were third on the fence the winners there so she's done an outstanding performance and run a good section as well um she looks to come back in great order. Rare episode was Gallant in defeat. He's probably better at 1,000, but uh, around the Rose Hill at 1,100 metres, uh, he was able to box on quite well. So, um, But I think three is certainly the one to follow. Mark Roden, it's an interesting point there because uh, three would first up for 122 days. On the Punningfield data, it's recorded a peak performance first up, and we spoke about this previously. Uh, yeah. Are you going to have any hesitation with that horse next start? Uh, a little. I mean, it's certainly... This is not to take anything away from her run on um, Saturday, mm. but yeah, it's a new peak for her, uh, and to, to do it in the fashion she did too, sitting off the track and chasing chasing at hot speed down, you just weather whether there's some physical tolls been taken by that effort, and especially second up, it's just a bit of a rule of thumb of mine. Um, it depended on price. I mean, if everyone's just labelled her, she's come back. You know, three lengths better or whatever, and she goes around at two fifty or something next up. Then that's definitely the case. I'll be opposing it. But if you're getting a price, you can you can take the punt. All right. So I'll wait and see there on three Ood. Uh, race six, the ATC Cup was listed race over two thousand metres. Uh, Graceful Glamour uh, did what Graceful Glamour tends to do on these type of tracks: find the front, dictate. Uh, it was the second or third race, I think, in a row that Rachel King saluted on. Uh, so obviously she was riding particularly well, but. Uh, she's just rated this uh, mare perfectly out in front, 1.1 length slow to the 600, and the rest really stood no chance at all. Lorraine in and fantastic second and third. Mark Shan, graceful glamour back towards something like her best, or at least she was suited on the day. Yeah, well, this was a lovely ride in front. She just uh, got the pace to suit herself, and then she quickened up coming to the 650, I think, there, and just got a break coming around the turn, was never really going to be beaten, and... Um, I think the track uh, from that point on certainly very hot uh, up on the speed. Um, yeah, this mare confused me with a couple of poor runs in Melbourne where she had raced well in the past and her Sydney form was okay, but uh, I was I was on Law Inn who came out of the, the stools like a, a camel and uh, got too far back. So, But a very good uh, win by Graceful Glamour. Law Inn very honest and fantastic. Might be looking for a little bit further, but... Uh, Yes, yeah, some indifferent runs from a couple of others back in the field. I thought Rachel Clock looked a little bit light. Um, she had been in Melbourne and come back, so I'd just like to have a look at her in the yard again. She just might have, um, you know, that run, trip to Melbourne, I should say, might have knocked her about. Okay, another good point there, uh, out of the mounting yard there from Saturday. Uh, Mark Roden, graceful glamour. Suited on the day. Uh, you taking anything much else, much else out of this race? Not a great deal. They're the sort of usual suspect stayers. They'll turn up in the, you know, the listed races coming up over the next month, um, yep. summer cup, etc. I imagine. Um, kicking myself a bit about graceful glamour. Her last run in Sydney, I was on her, and um, the angst, I think it was over a mile, and she did everything but win with Nashon um, at double figure odds. So. The key to her for me is that she's an out-and-out -out dry tracker. I know she run poorly on a dry track at Flemington, but um, yeah, you, you didn't have to think too creatively to find her, really, in retrospect. Just forgive her the Melbourne runs. She got her conditions, um, and she was she got out to really back up a lot. So I stayed out of the race, but after the race, I thought, yeah, that's probably a missed opportunity. But uh, no, just, just let these turn up when they turn up, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, race 7 was the Festival Stakes over 1,500, the Group 3. Outrageous, another horse that sat on speed outside the leader. Uh, it's managed to sit there on a slow tempo on the punning form data, 3.1 length slow to the 600, and uh, it was 
basically too strong over Royal Celebration, which again, probably uh, outperformed its SP significantly, given that it uh, had drawn off the map as well. Uh, Mark Sheen, I'll start with you. What are you taking out of the Festival Stakes there on Saturday? Well, I just think the tempo suited uh, Outrageous here. He's uh, a horse who in the past has been a little bit uh, camera shy there or winning post shy. He seems to loom up a lot and not go on with it, but uh, seems to have turned that around this preparation, a good win at Flemington, and then uh, toughed it out there, even though Royal Celebration did look a bit stiff uh, having to sit three wide without cover. But um, he might go onto the Villiers now. Outrageous, I'm not sure, 1,600 metres at Ramwick. Uh, he'd probably have to get a similar run in the pretty soft time outside the lead to get 16, I would think. I thought through the cracks was uh, pretty good here with Sam, bro. I just think the pattern of the race certainly didn't suit either of those. And I think going to Ramwick over 1,600 metres, if they headed the Villiers, I think both of those are certainly horses to follow because I don't think uh, the way the race was run, it suited those uh, at all. Through the cracks ran the fastest 200 of the meeting on punning forms times. Mark Roden, race seven, the festival stakes for yourself in review. Yeah, I, bet, uh, I didn't bet too heavily in the race back. Faistos and Galway, uh, two of the Godolphin runners, who tend to have their chances, I thought, more or less. Uh, interesting thing out of this race uh, for me was the betting. Um, I got outrageous wrong. It's a horse that I thought might have been off at first up quick down in Melbourne, but he's, he's just been so well suited. He's, he's repeated that performance, no problem. But I was just glancing at Betfair about two or so minutes before the race, and he was approaching $7. He was, you know, mid, mid sixes. Um, for you know, for plenty, and then it, it's SP'd, I think, and you know, 460 or something. Is that an absolute truckload has gone on just in that last 90 seconds? And it was an avalanche of money there late, wasn't there? Absolutely truckloaded, it was, yeah. And, and they've got it spot on and lobbed in exactly the right spot, the perfect run, and got the money. So they um, they sorted this one out well, yep, for sure. Do you think that's more map than anything? I, I'd say in this case, they'd probably got a handle on the, the pattern and were happy to back their judgment. Yeah, but uh, yeah, certainly as you point out, 4.6 uh, SP, and that was shorter than some of the corporates. So, yep. one of those uh, interesting bet there moves late. Uh, race eight was the starlight, and as you mentioned before, Mark Roden, another race that's produced a, a pretty big figure, given that they've only really just gone even in terms of the tempo. Yeah. Uh, 0.5 of the length fast to the 600, and the overall figure recorded by Invictus Salute on the punting form data is quite significant. Uh, this about Nonetheless, Invictus Salute managed to hold off Space Boy, who was in the right spot, obviously. Now, Viridine loomed into the race, obviously, from back in the field and was also supported. And that was a horse that you found, Mark Roden, early in the piece. Yeah, he just had a little bit too much to do. They have run great time here and in the second half of the race, as you mentioned. Mm. So, um, Viridine's run really well, but... Um, uh, I'm not putting it all down to the you know the tempo how first and second have gone they've, they've raced really well but you know they needed them to stop basically and they yeah. just did I, I got this race completely and utterly wrong I think I said first and second had none in the preview on Thursday and a uh, bit of a I've worked out why I got it wrong a um, bit of a trap for young players or old players in my case um, uh, you need to have a bet with any sort of seriousness, and I have fallen victim to anchor bias here. I just labelled that Melbourne Cup Day sprint race. I thought the time and sections were very ordinary, certainly not up to the listed class. And so when I've seen the fields and started doing the form, I said, right, there out of that race there, 
they're priced out. I'm going to work with the others, which is just the wrong way to approach any race. And the fact of the matter is both Invictus Salute and Space Boy had much better figures further back in their form uh, that were going to be competitive in this. And and no horse is just, you know, the product of its last start. You've, you've got to be you've got to be think a bit more creatively than that. And I've fallen victim to that there. I haven't been far wrong. I identified the right one of the rest of them in Virida and it's gone super, but just run into these two who got the right run um, to enable them to produce their best. So I uh, paid the penalty here, but at least I've um, hopefully learned something from it. Okay, there it is. Never ending, never ending learning process. Uh, Mark Sheen, the starlight. Look, Varda ended up uh, managing to get itself into a, a pretty decent spot in run. Uh, after being supported early in the day, it tended to just drift back out later and later as the, we got closer to jump time. Uh, yeah, uh, look, I, I got this race completely wrong too and with about eight others on the day, so <laughs> don't feel too bad there, Mark. Um, look, Avada just uh, might have been a wet tracker that I thought on Thursday, but I still talked myself into it uh, thinking that it would get a good run in transit, but it was gone at the 500, so, and that trip back from Melbourne too might have played havoc with it. Um, I thought Invicta Salute might have been a little bit of a wet tracker, mm. But did have some good form uh, at Road Hill over the 1100 metres in particular. I, I did back her one day there. It was a certainty beaten where it flew home. But um, no, she just got a beautiful run behind them. But she's going to stud now. I thought, oh, she's already in foal. So I think that's a last start. So we won't see her again. Space Boy was on us. Vera Dean certainly had the worst run in the race and was the best run. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll go straight to the last race nine, benchmark 78. Uh, too Big Fari uh, just, again, put itself right into the perfect spot on the day. They've gone even in terms of speed, 0.4 length slow on the punting form data to the 600. And, uh, look, it's just locked in the perfect spot and managed to overcome the other horse that was on speed and great news. Uh, Mark Shane, anything to take out of the beaten brigade there in the last race? Um, I haven't seen much of uh, great news in the yard, but I just thought she was probably... At the end of a tether looking at her, she was a little bit on the light side and probably just didn't quite run out the trip. Too Big Fari paraded really well. I thought Philmina was probably the run of the day. Uh, very negative out of the stalls there. Right back uh, was almost in a different postcode at one stage. So how it's come down the outside and run third was outstanding. New arrangement. Um, just got into a bad spot in the first 200 metres of the race pushed off the fence and was left three wide on a limb so I thought his run was uh, quite good I had a little bit on on the turf I would have beat it myself on foot um, so yeah I think uh, full mean is certainly the one to follow all right very good uh, Mark Roden you got something out of this with two big fire yep uh, I did perhaps I've learned something from the race before speaking of anchor bias Michaela we is usually a jockey I do everything in my power to avoid backing on in uh, Saturday company but um, this horse mapped particularly well. Um, and she did a treat actually, just stuck it outside the leader. Um, didn't, uh, Nash was looking to get off the fence on Betcher Flying, who was most unlucky again. I think that's just the nature of the nature of the game for that horse, it appears. But um, she, she certainly wasn't bullied by him. I mean, Two Big Crows is a great big strong horse anyway, which, which helped matters. But um, no, she she held her line and, uh, and got past the favourite, and um, God bless her for it. For me, clearly the run of the race. She's, come back flying obviously um and yeah betcha flying as as mentioned just absolutely no luck but i reckon that was the day she was really well backed nash wrote it so so much intent out of the um out of the gates to get into the box seat from barrier five um that was 
Saturday was clearly the day for her, and I think they might have missed the boat for the prep now. Yeah, you, you mentioned four meters, obviously flying Mark Newnham for the current season. 184 starts, 37 wins, running at 20.1% win strike rate, 51.6% play strike rate. Um, so he's going very strong. Great uh, combination with Tom Sherry too, his apprentice. Yeah. Indeed, there's one for Rob Scurry there, who Rob Scurry will be on course on Friday at Kensington as well as Saturday, uh, which is back at Rose Hill, I think, from memory. Yeah, just a plain old Saturday next week. All right. Well, that makes things easy. We'll still talk about it on Thursday. But uh, before that, a couple of horses to follow from yourselves. We've thrown out quite a few, but was there one or two highlights for yourself, Mark Sheen? Oh, well, I thought uh, Fulmina and Three Ood were probably the two best of the day. But uh, again, with the uh, disclaimer with uh, Three Ood, of course, the, the tough run first up, as Mark said, with a, with a peak. So we've just got to see how she parades going into that uh, second run. Um, but uh, most of her form is better on wet tracks. Uh, not that we're going to get any rain in the near future, but um, that's something to look out for. But I thought Fulmina was fantastic there. And uh, I thought through the cracks, if they go to the Villiers, would certainly be an ideal race for him. Indeed. Uh, Mark Roden, a couple of to follow for yourself. Um, I thought, yeah, Formina was the obvious eye-catcher of the day. Um, I think passage of time out of the Starlight's come back really well. Um, he went better than I thought he might, but I just he's going to be hard to place at his sort of age with his handicap rating. I don't know where they go with him, whether they can get a win out of him, but I think he's going well. And I didn't mind the run of Starla, uh in behind. He's a hot shot either, but I think she's more midweek than Saturday. Well, we have to mention there that there's an inquiry into the ride on passage of time with um, the vigour shown by Brenton Abdullah um, up the straight there. So uh, a little bit um, boxed up for running the early part of the straight yeah. and when he hooked out, only gave it one hit with the whip and then seemed to... Um, oh, look, I don't think it was going to finish a great deal closer personally, no, but... Um, it might have finished a half a length closer, but uh, stewards, and rightly so, are, uh, are asking questions about that. Yeah, they're entitled to ask the question. I'm, I agree. I don't think it would have, you know, we know sort of know what his top ability level is, and I don't think it was going to win that race or get much closer. Well, they were asking some questions on Friday night because oh, yeah. uh, that was well, that that's, uh, a very unique meeting. You know, we've, we've talked about Canterbury for years, but... The, the danger question has been raised, and I think we saw it finally rear its ugly head on Friday night. That accident in the last was caused by two horses that had gone out far too hard, being ridden, jockeys quite within their rights to ride to the pattern, and then they've stopped, like, stopped as if shot in the straight, and a horse has run into the back of them. Well, that's the problem. Canterbury, the pattern at Canterbury has now become so savage. Um, I don't know what's happened there. Like, Greg Carmody has been... Uh, looking after Canterbury for years. So I'm pretty sure he's doing the same thing he's done uh, for a long time. But the night season, it started with the night season last year where it was diabolical, rails in run winner, uh, race after race. And uh, that seems to have almost transferred into this season as well. Now, obviously, Canterbury is uh, mooted for sale eventually. Um, So whether they want to spend a lot of money trying to fix what's going on at the moment or will they just band-aid it for the time being? That's the problem. They're spending millions of dollars on races, but uh, we're getting inferior surfaces, it would appear, um, served up at Canterbury. And a lot of horses are going there and have got no chance the way the races are being 
run if they're back markers or off the speed? I think it's a great shame because Canterbury is a real asset. And, you know, the, the club are trying to leverage that with, you know, promoting these night meetings and getting families out there and putting the food trucks on and all that, opening up racing to a bit of a diff, different demographic, uh, which is fine as long as you're not really interested in the spectacle itself, which has become just terrible. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I might not even bother betting on them, which is, you know, a, a massive step for me uh, when it comes to racing in Sydney. Well, I've noticed, obviously, there's been the Rose Hill meeting on Friday of late, and then there's Randwick or Kenzo this Friday. Is, do you think that's almost they're looking with an eye to not having the the Canterbury meetings on a Friday going forward? Oh, I think that's just a summer thing, isn't it? Just trying to get as many Fridays in as possible, I think. But you might be right. I don't know. Look, the, the, the Canterbury is up for sale. They've got a parcel of land there on the other side of the road, the car park as well, which should... You know, you could build build a block of flats there as well, as well as the race course. This would be worth a lot of money. So um, I think eventually it'll be sold off, unfortunately, and we'll be left with the Kensington and maybe they'll have to do up Warwick Farm and try and get two tracks out of that if they if they can widen it or something. Um, they might be able to do something there. But it, as you say, it'll be a great disappointment if it does go. But it can't. they can't race on in this light at the moment where it's just you know, diabolical bias nearly every meeting. Look, can I ask you, Mark, are you the same? Are you frightened to bet on it? Well, I, you know, I'm backing off. If something settles down fourth now, you're thinking, oh, well, you're still in the wrong spot, you know? like. Uh... And it's not even just a case of, oh, well, you've got a dynamite leader's track, find the leader, because you don't know what's going to lead because the jockeys That's are right. going to ride them out of their pattern. Well, look at Lancaster Bomber. That, that oh, yes. Leader. And, you know, he's he's sometimes out the back second or third last. I remember there, Tom Cherry wrote him a couple of starts ago. He's nearly last on the turn. And what did the betting tell us there? Yeah, they, exactly. They were happy to take any price hit, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of, well, there's no uh, Canterbury on this Friday, but Mark Roden, you've got Newcastle Tuesday, Gosford Wednesday, uh, Kensington Friday, Rose Hill Newcastle Saturday, Hawkesbury Sunday. Are you doing all of them? I, at this stage, Newcastle tomorrow was meant to be Sunday, but they've um, uh, they transferred because of the heat, which was a good decision. So uh, we're running much more comfortable uh, circumstances tomorrow. Then, yeah, on to all the rest of those. Um, another busy week. I see that the corporates uh, reframed the markets for that that was postponed at Newcastle. So um, there was a horse in the two-yard race that they bet $5 originally. Yeah. They refunded all the bets on that and reframed the market and put it up 250 Is that... Because it's not run on the same day, is that? Is, well, is that... I, I thought after a couple of days, it would bets would stand, but um, obviously they've got a terms and conditions there where they can give you the shaft. Yeah, sharp, sharp practice there. One of the greatest jouts of all time. Look, uh, we'll be back on Thursday to preview this Saturday's meeting from Rose Hill. As you said, it's just a, a relatively plain one, but uh, no doubt there'll be nine winners to go around and we'll preview the quality legs as per usual. But guys, uh, enjoy the next few days. Go well on the punt and we'll catch up on Thursday.